you are at Founders FAQ, answers to all the possible questions of a founder. We observe that all the best companies in Silicon Valley, their biggest need is scaling an amazing engineering team. And we wanted to build a business that can solve that problem for our founders, where we can help them bring amazing engineers around the table, build great recruiting and talent infrastructure, and be a partner to them as they build a great engineering culture that will attract and retain talent. Welcome to Founders of AQ. Today, my guest is Barish Akish. Barish is co-founder and president of Human Capital, a venture firm for engineers. With more than $500 million in assets under management, they have invested in 10 unicorns before they were unicorns, including Brex, Livongo, and Snowflake, and placed engineers as early hires at 16 unicorns, including Unreal, Robinhood, and Grammarly. Barish studied computer science at Stanford, where started and sold a web development automation business, and co-founded the Stanford Social Entrepreneurial Students Association. Hi, Barish. Welcome to Founders of AQ. Hi, Elker. Thank you for hosting me. I have a lot of questions for you, but at first place, I would like to know the story of the human capital. Tell us a bit the original idea behind the human capital and how the company has evolved over time. Yeah, thank you. Uh, at Human Capital, we're building a venture firm for engineers. We believe engineers are fundamental to building amazing technology companies as founders and contributors, and we like to partner with engineers throughout their career. We start getting to know them just as they're graduating from universities and help them think about how they can be uh, the best founder versions of themselves. When they're ready to start their own companies, we can invest in their businesses and help them build and scale their engineering teams. And for engineers who are first looking to gain experience towards becoming a founder, we can connect them to other amazing companies where they can build the right network, uh, growth exposure, and industry expertise based on their interests. Over the last few years, uh, we scaled our organization where today uh, we manage over $600 million in assets. We've been early investors at 10 different companies past billion dollar mark, including two that went public with Livongo Health and Snowflake Computing. And for example, Snowflake, we placed six of the first hundred engineers there. And it was really rewarding to see how that was helpful to the business and also how those engineers' life changed forever. Uh, we also invest in companies started by our engineers. And a good example of that is Brex. We were first investors in the company I actually started getting to know Enrique and Pedro three weeks into uh, their Stanford undergrad. We were ideating uh, companies and we were very lucky to be their first investor, invested every subsequent round of financing and also placed three of the first 15 engineers there. Uh, and similarly, as uh, Brex grew, we continued investing. Some of the early Brex engineers left Brex to start their own companies which we became investors in those companies as well. And now we're helping them build their engineering teams. It's just wonderful to see how the full cycle comes together and see the flywheel effect of what we're building. Perfect. And you're building really core relationships with engineers. Uh, why do you think it's important to build relationships with engineers in addition to founders? Yeah. Uh, he, one of our key beliefs is uh, thinking long-term and the value of genuinely long-term relationships. 
We like to really understand what people care about, what motivates them, and uh, be part of their entire journey, help them optimize for, for the long term. We believe engineers are the fundamental builders of Silicon Valley, and we want to partner with them throughout their entire career. And what kind of engineers and founders do you work with mostly? Uh, most, mostly the engineers we work with are software engineers, but still that's a wider spectrum. We work with data scientists, data engineers, designers, product manager. Usually uh, we use engineer as a short for all sorts of technologists. And uh, you have an investment side as well. How does the investment side of your business work with the talent side and how do they feed into each other? Yeah, we, we earlier on, we observed that all the best companies in Silicon Valley, their biggest need is scaling an amazing engineering team. And we wanted to build a business that can solve that problem for our founders, where we can help them bring amazing engineers around the table build great recruiting and talent infrastructure and be a partner to them as they build a great engineering culture that will attract and retain talent. And that scale to be our talent business where we have 20 uh, members in our talent organization now, support tens of companies. We help now 16 different unicorns build their early engineering teams. And when it comes to investing, we believe uh, in investing in founders who see engineering core to what they do. We also believe in investing in amazing engineers. So we say we only invest in companies that are started by our engineers or that we recruit for and help build engineering teams. Uh, and our investing uh, business has scaled significantly over the last few years where today we manage over 600 million in assets. And to move to the like recruiting side, uh, hiring A plus people in your team, especially from the very early days and after uh, scaling the company, is pretty important. And uh, what should a founder look for in early founding engineers? What kind of experience or characteristics they are looking for? Yeah, that's a very good question. And uh, we do a lot of investments where we are the first investor in the business, and we partner with the founders really closely to think about their talent strategy, anywhere from hiring their first engineers to their first executives, building their talent culture, being intentional, building their entire company culture. And uh, when it comes to hiring founding engineers, there are a few factors that are really important to think about. The first primary one is the, back, uh, the background of the uh, co-founders and the founder, whether they come from a technical background, do you have a strong uh, CTO already in place, what are what's the existing network of the uh, co-founders? The second uh, key problem is to understand the importance of uh, technology they're going to build for their business and how important the experience you need for the specific product. If you're building an autonomous car company, your founding engineering team will look very different than a, building a consumer social company. So it's also the second factor is to think about what's the biggest engineering challenge we're going to face now onwards. The third aspect to think about is the growth of your founding engineers. Are you hiring people to solve only your early on problems? Are you actually hiring people you want to invest in and grow and be uh, engineering leaders in the organization? Once we go through these questions with the founders, we're able to build the profiles for the ideal founding engineers and help them in the process of finding those. The other thing 
we usually help with think about founders is not who they want, but also who would want to join their business. And at the earliest stage, when you just raise a pre-seed or seed funding, you're an exciting business and you are two, three co-founders around the table. One of the biggest factors why would people join is because they believe that they want to work with that co-founder, with the founding team. So a lot of the founding engineers usually come from the network of the founders. And we help the founders think through how to strategically navigate their network, how to start conversations with their peers, people they work with before, potentially the managers they had in different companies they want to hire in, and how to structure compensation packages that are fair and also attractive for their early founding members. And uh, you say that uh, founders are at first place looking for their friends, uh, for the possible candidates. And uh, what's your uh, point of view? Like, how should they look for and source possible candidates? Like, most asking friends or posting LinkedIn jobs or uh, posting certain job boards or external recruiters, especially in the pretty early days of the startup. And I will just correct one thing: saying it's not necessarily people who they are social friends with. Focusing a lot on personal social friend network can sometimes limit diversity, but we focus on identifying different players in your network. So if you work at different companies before, if you even interned at those companies, you had different colleagues you work with, you had managers, you had mentors, you had other people uh, in your class. So it's really not thinking about who are your 10 closest friends, but who are people you interacted throughout your career that might be a good fit for what you're building and being very intentional at identifying those people, understanding how much they already trust you. And then the first thing is growing trust with those people you might want to have on your team. It's not just reaching out to them and saying, hey, I started a company, do you want to join us? It's more around reaching out to them and starting to nurture that relationship and starting to think ahead of time. It's the best time of recruiting is when you're starting to work on recs. You don't need yesterday, but ideally you will need in three months. So you have the time to be uh, proactive in nurturing key relationships that can naturally convert to uh, founding team members. Once they have candidates and like, what should they be asking? What are your, what are you looking for? What are the red flags uh, to watch out for or positive signals? Again, the, there's in the recruiting process, uh, there is assessment aspect, which is our understanding mostly are they technical assessment, are they a good engineer, are they qualified to do the role? I see that as this table stakes part of it. There is the secondary assessment, which is what people uh, refer to as a culture fit. I don't really like that saying because culture fit implies that you have a fixed culture. We like to think it as a culture enhancers. You ideally continuously want to grow and enhance your culture. And you want to find people who are long-term values aligned with you, but can contribute, diversify your culture and help you grow your business. So the culture enhancement is the second part of the assessment. The third part of the interview process is actually selling. Selling them on the uh, values of the founding team, building trust with them, selling them on the business, selling them on the vision. And it's important to start selling from the beginning of the process. Most founders think uh, the interview process as I'm going to assess the old assessment upfront. When I know I want to give an offer, then I'm going to focus on selling. And that's not the most effective way to actually approach it. Uh, instead, we think assessing and selling should happen in parallel. And starting from the first interaction, you should always be selling 
so that by the time you want to give an offer, the potential candidate is already really interested in being part of the team. And one part that uh, I think is not as focused, people don't focus as much, is understanding the personal goals, professional goals, and the trajectory of the candidates want to grow in. And really using that insights to also uh, enhance your selling process and showing not that they're good for the business right now, but the business goals and their potential growth in the business is actually aligned with their personal and professional goals. And uh, in the pretty early days, uh, founders should spend time on product market fit, um, closing new deals, and at the same time, like spend some time on recruiting. So what percentage of the founders' time should spend on the recruiting? What do, what do you think about it? We actually think recruiting ends up uh, being one of the largest chunks of time for founders and that it's actually one that stays constant even as the business scales to later stages and founders will always be involved in recruiting for anything from uh, sourcing great people to selling vision being part of the assessment process and we believe founders who excel recruiting are the ones who experience the fastest and most stable growth for their companies. When we look at our portfolio, some of the most successful outcomes uh, are the ones who excelled in executive recruiting and engineering recruiting really early on, and founders obsessed with being excellent in recruiting amongst many other things they cared about. And uh, who are some of the best founders you have worked with when it comes to recruiting? What makes them so good? Then that's a very good question. And um, Thinks different founders excelled in different areas in our portfolio, but a lot of the founders that we ended up having strong partnerships that they wanted us to be investors and we were excited to be investors are because they are already obsessed with making talent a core uh, strength for their business. And that's why they see us as an ideal partner to complement on that. And those are the founders who start thinking about engineering recruiting uh, in a very strategic and long-term way early on. They are the ones who think about building their talent functions, their people functions. Those are the founders for more intentional on-building culture. Uh, and we had a lot of fun partnering with uh, all the founders in our portfolio as they scaled their team. And how do you coach founders uh, on closing key candidates? Yeah, uh, closing is a really uh, fun part of the process for uh, for me and many founders. And uh, part of the closing is not actually uh, persuading someone to do something they wouldn't want to do otherwise. It's really understanding what they care about, what their concerns, and communicating that really clearly. So I see closing not as a game of tactics, but it's a game of communication and effective communication and building empathy with the candidates throughout the process, understanding what they really care about, what's most important to them, what are the things they're concerned about, and being able to communicate all these steps in the most effective way. And when you think of the effective communication, it's not just the founder stating uh, certain things, sometimes pulling in the investors and advisors around the table to communicate the right information at the right time with the candidate, to support why this company is the right fit for them. The other aspect of the closing is the financial part. A uh, big part of the compensation in startups is equity. And knowing how to communicate the equity component 
often offer really effectively is also an area we like to work with founders in terms of helping them put together Excel templates, uh, industry benchmarks, and being able to show different scenarios where the engineers can create certain outcomes is very valuable because most engineers, especially the people who might take a job at the earlier startup for the first time, don't have the experience about thinking on startup equity. They have more of an experience knowing how to think about a public company equity, which is really close to a cash liquid case outcome. So it's really important to uh, spend some time on building that as a strength as well. And uh, on the equity side, like the compensation plans for engineers, especially in SF, is pretty competitive. And uh, how do you recommend early stage founders to think about their compensation philosophy in the very early days? What we we don't think there's one right way of compensation philosophy that works for everyone. We found the most helpful exercise to actually build a compensation philosophy that's consistent that's transparent and that's motivating, that they can communicate with their employee and their employees, their candidates and their organization. And uh, that's principle that's based on their values. And as long as they have a compensation philosophy that they can communicate back all the numbers in their offer based on the philosophy, and that those numbers are competitive in the industry, we've seen a very strong reflection from uh, engineers. We, uh, the type of uh, approach that we didn't see to be very successful is what we see as reactive offer generation, where uh, you might ask a candidate, oh, well, how much you were making in your last job or what are your other offers? And you're trying to outcompete everything else the engineer might have. And that approach is not actually based on a philosophy. That approach is not principled and is not very transparent. And it's harder to communicate why it's differentiated. And in, in, in the early stage recruiting, like what are some of the most uh, common mistakes that you have seen? In the early stage recruiting, there are three, mistake, uh, three mistakes that we've uh, worked with our founders trying to avoid. And those are basically uh, all goes to the same core principle of if you uh, build density in the wrong direction early on, it's really hard to change that over time. Uh, so the wrong direction can be due to uh, the quality and caliber of talent. It can be due to uh, the experience level or the diversity. And we work with the founders to make sure, look, if you want to have an A-plus engineering team, you cannot start with B-plus players. You need to aim to build an A-plus team from the get-go. And that might take longer. You might have people reject your offers, and you just got to stay patient and keep recruiting. Sometimes founders get overwhelmed with product needs and start recruiting BB plus talent to get some of the early product needs handled. And that might cause a quality problem long-term. The second one is the seniority level of talent. Most, uh, you will see this, especially in companies started by younger founders where a lot of their friends and direct network are also young engineers and they're really good at attracting those. And that's helpful early in early days, but they should at the same time build the muscle to attract more senior engineers. If they come to the point where you know, there are 25 people and there's no one around the table that has more than three years of experience, that's really not a good place to be. And the third one is diversity. Uh, it's you, People should have diversity in mind starting from day one and always thinking about how they can 
build a more diverse uh, group of people around the table. And if they're thinking that as a second thought, uh, you know, once they're 50 employees, it's a really hard uh, journey to make it back from there and fix it afterwards. It's an, it's not, it should be seen as a focus to create more assets, more resources, more strength around the table from the beginning. And while the company scales, at what point should a founder hire someone to run recruiting internally? And what kind of person should they be looking for at this point? Yeah, the traditional way, way point where people think about bringing someone to run recruiting is when they say, look, I have so many recruiting needs. I need someone to just handle them. And they see the main role of a head of talent head of recruiting or recruiter as someone who's going to just source more engineers. And we believe there is a lot of strategic value on having the right recruiting partner up front. And the strategic value comes from having a partner who can help you think about uh, role descriptions, job descriptions, uh, growth plans, compensation planning. For example, we will work with founders who will come and say, I need three senior engineers. And we'll say, okay, do you want someone with six-year experience or 20-year experience? And they'll say, oh, anything in between works. And that's, that means that there hasn't been sufficient thought put into knowing what's the ideal profile for the role they're looking for. Because the, the time it takes to hire a six-year or 15-year experience engineer, the cost of it are meaningfully different. And there should be the right amount of upfront work put into clarify What's the real need the company has? When you also ask the founder, say where you see your company be in six years or six, six to 12 months. Again, there's a huge variance and not sufficient planning because there's lack of a strategic business first talent partner up front. We find that uh, hard to come from the first recruiter. That's why we, our team, part when we partner with founders, we provide that strategic business talent advisory to our founders as they think through their growing their team. And we suggest having a first full-time recruiter uh, who can build an amazing recruiting process for the business, can help the existing employees leverage their first and second degree network to source internal referrals and start managing different parties that can be sourcing, whether it's agencies or platforms for the company. And we see the value of having that first recruiter in place uh, based on the pace of growth. Usually when the company is 10 to 15 people and they want to probably double their team uh, over the next year or so. I get it. And while they are building their talent function, how do they evaluate their talent programs, hiring practices, and what are the key indicators of a strong hiring culture? Uh, that's a, the, the understanding the effectiveness and success of internal recruiting organizations is a really good, uh, good point. And the, there are operational metrics one can look at and one mostly looks at which is around your funnel effectiveness, uh, time it takes to fill out the job, uh, your offer to close ratio, and all those operational metrics are very valuable to make sure, hey, the operational aspect of recruiting is running well, it's not inefficient, there's good use of resources. Uh, and that those metrics help you measure the process, but the other part that's le less looked at that I also believe is really important, strategically helpful for founders to think about is not just the process, but the inputs and outputs. Understanding, hey, are we putting the right inputs? Like, are we 
focusing on the right roles for the business? Are we prioritizing the right roles for this? And also looking at the hires. Are the people we hired performing really well? Are they staying in company for long term? Are they generating referrals for us? Are they enhancing culture? And that second level of uh, impact measurement on the recruiting function is uh, not as robust as we would like to see in most companies. And that's an area we'd like to help founders think more about. Perfect. Barish, these are all my questions. And lastly, do you have any message for founders who are listening to founders of AQ? Ikan, thank you very much for hosting me. I, I love uh, talking about recruiting and talent and uh, the value of it. Well, uh, and my ad advice and suggestion of founders is to obsess with talent and recruiting becoming a core competency for them as early on as they can. And that's going to be something that will be a major asset for their success. That's great. Parish, it's really nice having you at Founders of AQ and talk soon. Talk to you soon, Ikan. By the way, you can order Founders FAQ from the website. It covers the answers to all the possible questions of a founder in a startup journey, whether revealing life-saving principles for the startup survival path, building A-plus teams, creating an evolving machine, setting up a need culture, or interpreting the true path for the fundraising. And you can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook.